So inspiration has been weird and it's a weird thing, right? We tend to think of inspiration as this like divine piece of, of, of some odd formula in the metaphysical calculus. But it's really not, right? Like inspiration is something you cultivate. You know, I, I go against a lot of this like kind of super spiritual self-promoting self-help mumbo jumbo because there's a very realistic component to the things that we do in life and as writers and artists. So I want to talk today about like getting re-inspired, right? That's that's sort of the theme behind what I'm talking about this week is getting re-inspired because I have had a moment where I didn't feel incredibly inspired and I've had to find a way to go back and get re-inspired and remember this is not some mystical thing from the muse. This is a very normal thing we cultivate every day. Now, when we talk about our inspiration, we're talking about what Neil Gaiman referred to as the compost heap, right? The things we read, the things we see, the things we interact with, right? We, we, we put those into our mind and they become compost for what we're doing, right? From that fertile, fertile compost will grow our stories, our work. We tend to forget that, right? We're really caught up in trying to, I don't know, come up with the secret to how success works, to how creativity happens, to how we can cultivate it and bottle it. And it just doesn't work that way. So really what today is, more than anything, you ready for the secret? I'm, I'm about to give you the secret to re-inspiration. It's a grab bag. It's, it's revisiting some of the stuff in that compost heap that you've consumed over the years that you liked or whatnot and revisiting it, sometimes revisiting it again in ways you have before, just hoping for new insight. And other times you're revisiting something maybe you, you consumed as a child or younger before you had like honed your craft. And so now maybe instead of just reading it as an entertaining yarn, you're going back and reading it as a storyteller, as a writer. So really today is, is the grab bag, right? This is, We did a grab bag episode in November. And so here's kind of the grab bag of where I'm going with my, uh, with, with my inspiration, kind of getting re-inspired thing, which is working, by the way. It's great. So let's start with what I'm watching. Now, when I talk about what I'm watching, there's two really specific things I watched that, that, that really clicked something in me. Um, and it was two documentaries. Uh, for the first one, on Netflix was The Last Blockbuster, which is a great documentary that talks about this this last blockbuster video rental place in, in Oregon. Bend, Oregon, I believe is where it is. Uh, hopefully you'll, you'll look it up. It's, it's a pretty cool thing, right? Someone has maintained this. And I'm 41, so when I was a child, when I was a teenager, the video store was like a thing. Right, like it's a thing that doesn't exist anymore, but it was very much a thing. Like when I was at University of Missouri, there was Ninth Street Video, and it was the cool video store because Ninth Street Video had some weird shit that you just weren't going to find anywhere else. They had some indie film, you just weren't going to see it unless you went to Ninth Street Video. So it was very much kind of, I guess, the hipster's video store for for lack of a better term. And last blockbuster kind of is a lot of people talking about, you know, you used to go to the video store, you used to want this, you used to wind your parents, you know, you used to go there on a date. That was like how you did the first date, right? You understood who you were dating by, um, by, by seeing what they picked and what you picked and, and how well it gelled. Um, and along that same line is the second thing I'm watching. 
Um, I, I tried to limit to one, guys, but I'm just going through a real big like re-perusal of the compost heap. Uh, the second thing I'm watching, which is the documentary Console Wars, uh, which, again, goes back to my childhood. It's about the Nintendo-Sega battle in the 90s, um, back to my teenage years, right? Like, that's that's a thing. And it's revisiting that. And why am I revisiting that? Because, dude, there is some, like, I, I like to write satire about grifters and stuff. Like, that's what I've been doing a lot of lately. But you get pulled into this YouTube bullshit. And it's bullshit, guys. It's YouTube bullshit from guys that, like, apparently everyone there is a genius with an amazing digital marketing company and they make millions of dollars. And they just do the YouTube thing for fun. But then they get a strike and it's a big fucking deal because it's how they feed their family. Like, if you can't smell the bullshit, I don't know what to tell you. But, but it's just crap, right? It's just garbage. It's people who don't create shit that create something that they want to brag about by tearing down other people's shit and espousing, like, really piss-poor ideas. That's the separate from, like, the fans, right? There's some people who are just fans who just do fan stuff and just want to talk about things, and they may have emotional reaction. If you like saying or dislike saying, that doesn't inherently make you bad. But if you watch enough of this shit, you know there's some grifters out there that are doing this crap for money, and they're clearly lying about something. Like, one of these things in their statement list is not fucking true. So you see the bitterness that came out of my voice there? That's why I need to get the hell away from it. Right? That's it. That's the, It's that anger. It's that unchecked, like, little, you know, now there's, like, poison in my garden because I'm pissed off. Because it's easy to get pissed about that. So console wars just takes me back. And more importantly, these things take me back to, like, stories, right? Like, stories about conflict. Console Wars is about as, as big a commercial conflict as you're going to see in my lifetime. It's really, really interesting. It was really fun to kind of reappear. So that's what I'm watching. I'm watching a lot of documentaries. I'm kind of obsessed with these odd stories. And I like weird documentaries, like about a video store or about, like, you know, the Console Wars. I'm not a big true crime guy. I don't need to read up about another fucking murder. Um... I kind of watch Tiger King like the rest of us with that weird, like, like, really, is this shit happening? And then kind of go, fuck, we gave this asshole exactly what he wanted, which was more fame. Um, and it's not good, guys. It's not good, right? It's it's sort of like you go out, you eat something incredibly bad for you. You go, man, that tasted good, but I'm going to feel like shit in an hour. That's that's Tiger King. So that's that's where I'm at with what I'm watching. Let's move on in this kind of haphazard grab bag of an episode to what I'm reading lately. So I, I picked up I, I picked up and, and I'm rereading Player Piano by Vonnegut, which is, you know, as you all know, if you've listened to me for any length of time, I love Vonnegut. Um, Vonnegut is great. I love Player Piano. It's a great story about what happens in a world where everything becomes industrialized and what's the value of human beings. It's, it's a Vonnegut satire, right? It, it's a great one, though. It's one of my favorites. It's also, I think it's one of the first books he ever wrote. He wrote it really early in his time as a writer, although it wasn't published until later, so... You know, just, just diving back into some Vonnegut, because I love him. And by the same token, dove back into a comic book that I read in the 90s for the first time that I've always kind of enjoyed because there's a lot of imagination to it. Um, you know, Neil Gaiman's Sandman, which is probably why I referenced Gaiman earlier. Like, I, I like the Sandman. It's interesting. It combines a lot of different stuff. It's It's very... Interesting in a comic book narrative, and and so I've been enjoying the Sandman. I have the whole thing at the house, and so I'm kind of rereading from the beginning to the end. Yes, I am a nerd. No, I do not care. Um, and then finally, oddly enough, I picked up Peter Pan. 
Now, Peter Pan's the one I want to highlight on my what I'm reading list because I picked it up because I was I was stuck for ideas, right? Inspiration wasn't coming to me. I was angry. I was mad. I was beating the shit out of myself because we're not kind to ourselves when we do that. You know, we're not kind when we do that stuff. So I I, I picked up. I, I I didn't know what to write. I had no idea. I was fucking stumped. And I don't like calling it writer's block because writer's block is this kind of like just this idea that I can't get through it. And that's not it. I just had too much shit on my head and I needed something to focus on, which I find a lot of writer's block is. Like a lot of what we call writer's block is not some mystical stop of our creative juices. It's that we have too much other shit on our mind keeping us from creating. So I I picked up Peter Pan because there's this thing that, that I like to do from time to time, which is go back and revisit a story that I know really well. And maybe just play with it in my head and look at it from a different angle. You know, and then think, like, is Peter the good guy? Is Peter the bad guy? How shitty are the parents of the Lost Boys that, that according to the book, the Lost Boys have are, are young boys who've fallen out of their crib and have gone missing for seven days. Think about that for a minute. Seven days. Like, I'm pretty sure the Lost Boys are better fucking off if they went missing out of the crib. The crib. For seven days. They didn't fall off a fucking train. They fell out of the crib for seven days. So you see what I'm saying? Like, sometimes it helps if you're a writer and you're stumped right now. Go back to some story from your childhood or something else and just play with it, right? And that's kind of what I've been doing with Peter Pan is just playing with it, right? Stretching it this way and turning it and looking at it this way. And, and you know, what about this? And what about that? And and flipping it over and turning it around and being like, Peter's like 11 years old. Like, you know, how, how really determined can Peter be? He's, he's a fucking child. Like, who knows what's going on? So it's just, it's fun to revisit and to play. So that's... My reading, very much like my, my watching, my reading has been designed to take me back to a place, right? Vonnegut is, is one of my writing heroes. So take go back. Go back and revisit that, right? The Sandman's a story I loved forever, so go back and visit that. And the Peter Pan's a story I'm really familiar with from childhood. Uh, and it has some really interesting themes that even I touch on about, like, abuse and, and people being forgotten, which are things that I talk about in, in writing I do now. So it's an interesting, like, if nothing else, it is a great exercise to play in your mind and see what you can do with that. All right, so we've done what I'm watching, what I'm reading. Let's go to what I'm listening to. Um, I, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I always, as always, I'm listening to, like, LeVar Burton reads because I like short fiction, and it's a great podcast. If you're not listening, listen. It's just LeVar Burton from Reading Rainbow reading, like, short stories, which is, like, story time for grown-ups. It's pretty great. Um, you know, I, I, I love this. I'm re-listening to the Wind of Change podcast, which is a, a podcast that explores um, whether the CIA helped write the Scorpion song Winds of Change and, and use it to topple the Soviet Union. Like I said, I don't like true crime and I don't like anything like that, but sometimes there's some weird shit from history that comes out. Like I can see the CIA has some long-haired kid with a guitar in the basement of Langley, Virginia, like going, no, 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 it's not quite right. It's not quite right. Like the Scorpions maybe aren't as good a band as they thought they were. I, I don't know. I don't want to spoil the podcast for you and tell you what happened. I'll just tell you the premise and go, right? Um... You know, I'm listening. I've I've returned to like the Ramones because that's that's you know they they were there when I was a kid. It's it's again a lot of this reinspiration is going back to when I was a child. So I'm listening to the Ramones like Rocket to Russia. You know, is that album that first Ramones album that I heard that's just you know taking me there. 
going back to listen to Bach. I, I don't know why, man. I was randomly walking one morning and I was listening to some Spotify and Bach randomly popped on. I was like, ah, oh, Bach. I haven't, I haven't really dove into Bach lately. And for whatever reason, he's, he's, mel- he's, he's really mellowing me. So went with Bach. And then for audiobooks, again, I, I like Gaiman. You don't have to like Gaiman. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy who's going to say you have to like everybody out there, right? Like, I like Joyce Carol Oates' writing. I don't necessarily like hearing her talk about writing. I like Stephen King talking about writing. I don't necessarily love his actual work. So that's the thing. You don't have to, but this is me. And when you're trying to dive back in, what do you do? You, you go back to the things that gave you inspiration. Maybe maybe for this one, I went back young. Like I went back to when I was like a teenager and stuff to see what was there. So so I'm listening to Neverwhere, which is a great audiobook, and and he reads it. And frankly, the man has a great voice for reading his own shit. So that's that's what I'm listening to, right? The theme through all of this stuff is going back to kind of when I was really starting to form an identity as a writer, right? Like, when I was a kid, I told stories. We all did. But when I became a teenager and started growing in that way, that was when I really started digging deep to find an identity. So I'm going back there to find that identity again. That's where I'm at. So so there you go, you know, doing the, doing the return to my teenagers. But I'm also kind of guiding myself Right, I wanted to guide myself with a couple of things because, like I said, man, I just got the world bummed me the hell out. We had an election, we had all kinds of shit, and it just really ground on me. And again, inspiration's not a metaphysical construct; it's a thing we foster. Right, when we're around things that inspire us, when we do things that inspire us, go on walks, go adventures, whatever that is for you. Right, eat a fucking donut. If you eat a donut and pound out an amazing poem in the morning, then eat fucking donuts. But, you know, we're every, again, every self-help guru, like, let me tell you how to get more inspiration by digging deep into the inner soul of who you are. F off. It doesn't work that way. I've been at this game a long time. Instead of trying to dive deep and figure out what's wrong with you as a person, because that's what the self-help industry does a lot of, is tell you there's something inherently wrong with you that they can fix. Acknowledge there's nothing wrong with you, man. And sometimes it's just going to be really hard to get through some shit. And you're struggling and you're just not feeling it. And the thing you need to do as a writer is, is be really kind to yourself and ignore the rest of that. You'll get it. You will. You'll get it. Just, just take your time. You'll get it. Right? You'll get it. Don't beat yourself up. You'll get it. You know, are you happy with what you're doing? Great. That's about the best you can ask for in this, in this kind of idea. And, and for those of you that aren't writers, but just listen because you find some inspiration, same shit. Just, just don't stop pretending there's something inherently fucked up with you. And giving some dude money for his 18th book that hasn't fixed the shit in 17 books, right? I'm just kind of rambling, guys. It's a, it's, a, it's a grab bag episode. So anyway, I want to close on two quotes. Two quotes that I'm, I'm, I'm really keeping at the top of my mind. Right? So the first one is, is a Vonnegut quote, of course. It's, uh, laughter and tears are both responses. Uh, are, are both responses to... Uh, God damn, I can't even... I can't even read my writing today, guys. I can't even read my writing. Okay, here we go. I got it. I I got it. I did it. I know. I, this is some weird. We, this might be weird even in editing, but here we go. If this was weird, just deal. So here's what, I, here's what it was, right? Laughter and tears are both responses to frustration and exhaustion. I, myself, prefer to laugh since there's less cleaning to do afterwards, right? I prefer to laugh. There's less cleaning to do afterwards. So, so that I'm, I'm keeping that in my head to remind myself, like all this stuff I'm feeling is legit, but laughing at it is probably easier. 
It is. And then the final one is, is one that I don't even, it came to me in college and I'd written it down. I found it when I was scrambling through some old shit. And it's, it's from another one of my favorite writers, Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Literature becomes the living memory of a nation. So I guess to wrap this up with this really bizarre ending that we've had, and, and these weird cuts and technical issues. And, and it's just a grab bag, guys. It's all this is. Like, today I'm not going to do a whole ton of editing or anything on this because I just I just want to do it to do it. Like, right? Sometimes there's just value in getting things done and in admitting that things aren't going perfectly and in rummaging through and trying to get back to where you started to, to an earlier place so you can understand. Right? So that's where I'm at. I'm going back to an earlier time to reconnect with that and build from it. So if you're struggling, just get back to an earlier time. Get back to an earlier time and relax because you can get it. You can get it. There's nothing wrong with you if you're not feeling inspired. Maybe you're just letting the world hammer down on you too much and you should just relax, pull out that book you loved as a kid or that comic book or that novel you loved in high school, whatever it is, and just sit down and spend time with it and remember why you did this in the first place, why you fell in love with it. So that's it. That's the grab bag and that's re-inspiration. And it's probably a pretty messy edit of a podcast, but I don't care, man. Sometimes there's the other lesson. Get re-inspired, and then just remember, sometimes you just need to get something done, no matter how small. Till then, I'm Matt, just a working writer, guys, like any of you. Holding down a day job, doing the thing. And this has been another confession. I'll talk to you all next week.